issues? No issues there. There. Okay. There. There. Is that where you can see it? Because I'm okay if you slide that over because there's no use that being near me. No offense. <laughs> you know, I am offended. Yeah. Well, you're mighty easily offended this morning, Justin. <laughs> I'm offended every time you use the term no offense. So. Is that is that what offends you itself? Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, it, of itself is. Understood. <laughs> it's my trigger. So here's so here's your uh here's here's the bait for the morning, Justin. How are you? I'm dandy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I'm glad you're dandy. Uh, besides being dandy, I'm a little sleepy. Oh yeah. But 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 but, wow. But, Can't but, get that but, one. but 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 good dandy. I'm glad to hear you're dandy. Yeah. yeah. How are you? I am well. I'm good. excited for the day. It's just uh, I think you know these these springier days. Yeah. Have that tendency. Give you a little spring in your step. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yep. Yes. Oh, oh we're keeping Justin up. He's ready to go back to bed. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I could. I'm sure yeah. I could. Unlike, yeah. uh, unlike you, Mark. I know. Once I'm up, man, yeah. I tell you, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually that way. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. Welcome to How I See It with me, Mark Pratt, and Justin Sternberg. This is a podcast that works to counter cultural polarization through thoughtful conversations. So today, yeah, we're going to cover a pretty polarizing subject. Yeah. Um, I think it gets even more polarizing when you get into the evangelical or, you know, the kind of, Mm. I guess, Christian perspective, right? Sure. Um, And that subject is divorce. Yeah. So when I say divorce, Mm. what's the first thing that comes to mind? Honestly, for me, um, I had a mentor, a close friend like say, and his son, actually it was a, it was a couple that separated that basically, I think I mentioned them in the, the, um, when I talked about last one of the podcasts back about holy discontent, there was a couple that separated Yep. this, uh, this man that was my mentor, his son was the individual getting divorced. And we really got into, I mean, in hindsight, it wasn't necessarily a, uh, uh, it was, it was too close to both of us Mm. to really discuss, you know, what was going on well, you know, cause it was just too personal. It was too raw. Yeah. And I, so I remember Mm. when you mentioned divorce, that's, that's really what comes to mind for me was that conversation and that interaction with him. Um, cause we had moved to North Carolina and I made the mistake of sending him a letter with my thoughts in it. <laughs> and that just wasn't the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we got back together and he shared his thoughts with me in a face to face confrontation, which was far more, you know, mature on his part. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, I just remember you know, and it, it, it taught me a lot. Yeah. You know, because I think we can recognize that what from what it taught me was I was able to recognize I'm not in this. 
I'm not going through this. So for me to just kind of step back to the side or sit back and just kind of judge from my vantage point wasn't beneficial. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think we can have mm-hmm. that, ten- like so many things, you know, it's like, I can, I can judge it from a distance, but when it's the people near me, it's when it's my, my marriage, when it's, you know, my, you know, significant friend or family member, I think that that's a helpful thing when we're able to recognize how personal that dynamic is because yeah. I do believe no one desires to get divorced from the altar. People yeah. don't get married in order to be divorced. Or else they wouldn't do that thing called vows. Yeah. 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 So I'm sorry, that's yeah. a that's a long question no, long good. answer to your question, but that's what comes to yeah. mind. You what about me, you? Well, you made me think about, you know, because you're basically talking about when you can't be objective, you're naturally subjective. Sure. Right? To to a subject. And it kind of makes me think of those vision tests where it's like, you know, if if you're, what is it, farsighted, if something's too close to you, it's not mm. in focus. Sure. Right? And no, it's blurry. And so you kind of have to move it further away before it kind of comes into focus. Yeah. Or, and vice versa, if you're, you're nearsighted, like, it needs to be pretty close for you to be able to focus on it and any further it starts to... Sure. And I feel like there's some, you know, it's it's a pretty good analogy for um, requiring objective eyes to be able to speak into a, a subject for that focus, right? For yeah. that clarity. And sometimes we're just too darn close. I need to pull it back or, I need, yeah. you know, I just have to recognize I don't have the required level of objectivity to speak into a thing. Yeah. And that's something I've lear- hard learned as well, Mark. It, I hear. Like speaking into things I had no business doing because I was too close. And so my, my vision of it is like, oh, that's got to be an E and an, and an F and a two. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh no, actually it was an A and a B, you know? It's, yeah. And there's been many times that exactly that situation happened where it's like, I had it all summed up and based on the blurry version I saw, I was pretty sure it was this. Yeah. Spoke into it and it was like, hmm, yeah, I kind of missed the mark. I don't know if that's what the kind of thing you're... Yeah, like, it's, but it's, it's to the point of being able to recognize that when I am looking at something, not to use the near and far, but when I'm looking at something from a distance, I can have it pretty well figured out. Yeah. But when I go in and when I'm actually in the box, if you will, or in, you know, when I interact with those people, it's like, okay, yeah, this is, this is different than I thought it was Mm. because, and I think even, even scripturally, you know, when the Pharisees addressed divorce with Jesus, you know, and he was able, you know, and Jesus, you know, shared, you know, it's because of your hardness of your heart. That's what Jesus shared from my perspective scripturally, Mm -hmm. you know, as they're defining divorce, I recognize there's a lot of hurt that goes with that hardening. It's not that people just choose, and I think Jesus understood this. Yeah. You know, we see his compassion for, you know, for the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well who had mm-hmm. been married five times, you know, and yet at the same time, and, and the guy she was currently living with is not her husband. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she had experienced that rejection, that divorce five times and got to the point where she was basically recognizing, okay, I'm just not good at this. I'm going to give up. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I get, I need a guy around, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, and I, and I, mm-hmm. and what I, what I see mm-hmm. in that, if, if, if I may, from our perspective is I see that Jesus understood that hardness of heart that comes, you know, with, with hurts in relationship, but yet unlike us, there's not a condemnation right necessarily in that. And I think, and I think, you know, when God talks about, um, God talks about the fact that, you know, basically the children of Israel divorced him, you know, they turned their backs on him. So I, I, I take that from an aspect that says, okay, God completely understands mm-hmm. what couples who are going through divorce feel like, mm. and he has compassion for them. Mm. He doesn't necessarily desire mm-hmm. that, you know, he doesn't necessarily, but yeah, it's, it's not a condemnation. Mm-hmm. And I think so often from and even even just bringing up that topic it's like well we we should we almost need a divorce person in the room yeah you know to to speak to that but yet yeah that's kind of where i come back to is you know god understands that Mm -hmm. and from sometimes from our married vantage point it's easy to say well this this and this Mm -hmm. and when we get into that level of oh okay yeah i didn't see it that way and recognize, you know, that no one chooses that, that yeah. that's what, that's where it becomes, you know, yeah. that aspect of the polarizing dynamics come a little more into balance. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think part of the reason it's good to talk about it, even from our perspective is because, um, uh, I think there's some. There, it's important to basically come to a place of compassion that you said sure. that aligns with God's level of compassion, as people who you know are happily married and trying to consult with or help those who are considering divorce. I think sometimes, uh, especially in the Christian world, it can be like, well, that's the nuclear option, and you should never choose mm-hmm. it. You know? Yeah. And man, that's a hard one to figure out and that's why you know that's why it's polarizing is like i said especially yeah. in the christian community because we're we're pretty clear on what god's word says about it right yeah and yet <laughs> um i read this pretty good article yesterday um by a friend a friend of a friend basically um and they discussed some issues in their previous marriage where there was some abuse um mm abuse verbally and abuse, you know, some different levels of abuse and on top of it, some, uh, hidden addiction and different things sure. like that. And, um, not providing for the family, different things like there, there's a pretty significant list of things. And it was a little bit sad to me to hear her have to try and like go to court. Like, mm. here's my reasons that, you know, I, I needed to do this. Sure. And, Defending herself. Defend herself, yeah. And when, you know, she was already spending years and years defending herself against her own husband, Hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And then, um, like you said, you know, the Bible says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hmm. Um, And when he approached that woman at the well, Hmm. the purpose of him calling out, you know, all Hmm. of her past marriage indiscretions was to point to make a very clear point to her that what you're seeking is empty. Sure. What you're seeking is not filling your thirst. Sure. 
You know, yep. there wasn't condemnation in that, you yeah. know? And if you ever get a chance to watch The Chosen, oh, yeah. you know, I think the very last episode of the first season, it is that scene. Sure. And, uh, it, you know, it's very much aligns with the biblical story. Yeah. Uh, but just to kind of see the way their expressions play out, they're, oh, you yeah. know, like it's just beautiful to see how um, there wasn't condemnation in Jesus' words but instead freedom. Yeah. Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to recognize that, yeah, there isn't that, that condemnation, but yet, you know, and, and Jesus desires to minister to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First and foremost, I guess I yeah. would say in some ways, you know, I mean, I think that's the holy of holies yeah. in some ways are in our body is, is our heart. And, you know, to be able to recognize that, you know, God cares about the heart and those who follow him, you know, tr- mm. you know, their hearts are transformed by his presence. So, yeah, I, I, I still want to bring that back to the whole divorce. And I'm sorry, like I say, that it's interesting because I think what you bring up about what happens in marriage, you know, in the process of I think sometimes we want to kind of smooth over all that. And I think, you know, so often it does come down to us being able to walk with that individual, just like Jesus did, you know, and mm-hmm. say, you know, it, it, it's not that, and that, and I think that's what I learned from that letter. I, you know, when I wrote that letter, it was a blanket statement that said all divorce is because of this hardness of heart. You follow me? And I I didn't have the compassion for individuals at that point who are experiencing, you know, addiction in relationship, you know, abuse in relationship, because I do believe, you know, marriage, you know, as even as I would see it or I, as I believe God sees it, you know, marriage is, um, well, it's an opportunity for use, but not abuse. Mm-hmm. So my body doesn't necessarily belong to me. It belongs to my spouse when we enter into marriage and vice versa. You become one. Yeah. Yeah. And so therefore I do, you know, it's like draw there. There are, I believe there are boundaries. Yes. I believe there has to be boundaries to be able to say, okay, you know, this is, this is too far and we need, and I'll, and I, I routinely work with, you know, individuals who even may need to separate and I have no issue with separation, Mm -hmm. you know, in a, in a way that is able to repair or reunify in some ways, you know, as we deal with our own individual behaviors and to be able to come back. But I also recognize that that's not going to necessarily work with every couple. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my heart, you know, goes out to those yeah. couples and, and even this lady, you know, who's basically having to defend herself. Cause I think, you know, that becomes a, and you, what was her role? What was in like in the church? She was, she was a worship leader. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yep. And you know, her story is pretty significant in that there's more, more than that in her life. You know, she struggled with various kinds of sexual abuse from mm. different leaders in the church and things like that. Sure. So th- there's certainly a pattern there that I think, you know, t- tied into the fact that I'm supposed to play this role, you know, of a submissive person, whatever that mm. is. And I think, 
yeah, it's it's just a really sad situation, and it's like you read that and go, no, you're not supposed, you know, yeah, get out, you know, whatever. Um, but there's man, there's this balance, right? So obviously, marriage in terms of covenant is higher than like a job, right? Because you literally stand before each other and you, you vow, you know, and that yeah. God says a lot about vows, and so I think we we we're supposed to take them very seriously, and and we do, you know, sure. In marriage, generally, um, b- but I think about it like in a job. You know, very often immature people will say this job sucks and I want out, and they'll mm. explain all the reasons why. And if they're able to consult with the someone who's had some years, you know, in the job world or whatever, mm. has a little bit of wisdom, some experience under their their belt, they're able to say, you know what, some of this is true, but some of this is you. <laughs> Sure. You know, and jobs are hard and perseverance is very important in career, right? Like sure. learning how to be diligent, learning how to persevere through difficult circumstances, learning the tools required to address conflict. Like there's just so many important things that you have to learn early on, early on in your career um, to establish being able to be a good employee, you know, and mm. that being said, there are caustic job environments right where it's like no you shouldn't stay in that sure you know and determining where that line is Mm. is very difficult and yet we we don't then when someone leaves a job go "Mm, pretty sure you sinned sinned hard Mm, (laughs) like yeah that that's a big no-no in the big book you you left that job you know yeah where divorce obviously there's some significant you know verbiage in the bible that can make it very condemning and I think that's that's the thing that's so obviously so polarizing is as uh, Christians who want to counsel others, it's not like a job where like, well, you need to stick it out, you need to persevere until a certain point, and then it's like, okay, and then maybe it's time to look for a new job, and that's okay. You can't say that, right? Yeah. It's like, have you ever said that, Mark? You're like, you need to stick it out, persevere, do your best, do this. It is, but if it doesn't work out, it's okay. You just find another one. <laughs> yeah, another job. Another no, another spouse. Another spouse. Yeah, I, I've never said I'm saying, that. Yeah, yeah I, I was, don't. Yeah. I doubt that's ever come up in Mark's yeah. marriage counseling. Although you know, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Just, we, just we do think, your best. We, we think we've seen it all, but yeah. maybe not quite. <laughs> yes, right. I hear you. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's uh I feel like the job thing is a good correlation in terms of hmm. you don't just counsel someone to leave a job, you know, I hear you. typically. Yeah. But if you know a person well and you know what they're capable of and you know hmm. their work ethic, you know you you know you know them pretty well, you know what they've been through, you know the other jobs they've stuck out, whatever. Um uh, it's much easier to consult them to say, yeah, this looks like a no-win situation. Sure. And one that's not healthy for you. Yeah. And it's easy to consult them. To, yeah, you probably should look for another job, you mm-hmm. know. And it's just so natural and easy to advise someone in that situation. However, in that same situation in marriage, all those same things being true, I, I understand this person. I understand their perseverance. I understand their mm-hmm. work ethic. I understand their experience in their life and what they've, you know, what they've worked through and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I look at the situation, I said, yeah, it's probably unhealthy for you. It's probably not going to be a situation that can recover. And my advice would be to move on. Dang, right? Yeah. And it's interesting. And and I recognize this as an analogy. Yes. So I think it's interesting 
from my perspective, as we, you 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 have that dialogue, if you will, mm-hmm. it's always interesting to hear the. So in a job, you have an employee, and then you have the job, the 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 thing they do, the people they work for. Mm-hmm. So in your analogy, that would be like the husband and the wife, in my opinion. Okay. So it's like, typically I'll say, you know, there's three sides to every story mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's your truth, my truth, and I, you and know, Mark's. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and the, and the whole truth, the, the real truth, the yeah, real yeah, yeah. truth, you know, yeah. because you might have some, truth. yes, the true truth, because there's certain aspects yeah. that you will see that are true according to the the third perspective and I'll have some truth. And, but what I'm going to share isn't all truth, just like what you're sharing isn't all truth. That's where the third side comes into play. And I think, Hmm. you know, in that dialogue that you share so often, you know, it's, it is that scriptural dynamic that comes to play, you know, in, in Proverbs where it talks about, um, the first person to share their point of view seems right mm-hmm. until the other person comes into play and questions them, yeah. you know? And I think so often mm-hmm. in that counseling, you know, of, it's like, well, what about this? What about, you know, well, how many times were you late? You know, if somebody's, if, if somebody's mm-hmm. getting on you, right. you know, how many times right. did you not show up for work? He yells at me every single day when I get to work. It's just, yes. every day is on my back. It's so negative. Are you on time? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. How many days did you miss last week? Yeah. You know, that. Just the two, the normal two. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just Monday and Tuesday, because I don't like those days. And I think there are those dynamics that factor yeah. into relationship. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. you know, the, I'll call it the, the unhealthy behaviors that I have, that I bring with me to relationship. And I think some mm-hmm. of those, you know, are, well, I think they're all human dynamics, yeah. you know, that everyone brings into relationship. And yet, you know, and that's, and that's where I think where you were coming from, you know, I married the quote unquote wrong person, you know, so often it's as much what I contribute, you know, to that, to that, um, dissatisfaction, if I may, as what the other person does, you know, and what I think in my mind where, and I do believe, you know, negative patterns develop quickly or they can, you know, based on what I look for. Mm -hmm. I think that's a large part of what can be, even, even when I just, well, right now, even so many of, we're doing the marriage on the rock class Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm just, it saddens me sometimes when I think about how many people are in that class based on a second relationship second marriage second and you know and and what they share you know in that class is this aspect of oh i wish i had known this previously and you know i I sit i when i'm hearing that person say that it's like oh that's got a sting to be sitting next to that person you know currently Mm -hmm. and saying man i think if i'd known this i could have maybe done something different with that previous relationship. Yeah. 
you know, and I, and I sit with that mm. and I, when I hear that and it's like, that's sad to me, Yeah, you know, because I, you know, that person is saying this might've made a difference. Yeah. And that's, and I guess that's where my part of my passion comes from is a desire to communicate with people and, and help maintain current relationships yeah. so that they don't have to say, yeah. and, and, and granted, that's not to say that some, you know, couples who, you know, marry people who with addiction and, or, you know, that kind of thing, I have nothing against them, but yet I'm also able to recognize that's not everybody's mm -hmm. circumstance who went through divorce. Mm -hmm. And I just, that's, yeah. I, I, I like your line analogy because I believe there is a line because they're, you know, healthy boundaries, you know, and it's like, okay, is this something that we can, you know, we can relearn, you know, in the, when I'm putting up my right and my left hand as a, as a healthy boundary type dynamic, because I believe my, my right hand is the ability to represent closeness. Okay. And my left hand is what represents, um, individuality, independence. Mm -hmm. So I would, I see healthy relationship as this ability to experience closeness yet, but yet we go to work and we can interact with other people in an independent manner. That's healthy, mm. but yet we still kind of, we, so we sway back and forth, you know, in the process of a week through this experience of coming together in closeness and separating in independence or interdependence that, you know, we know where each other are at. We know what you're doing, that kind of thing that's, you know, but yet there's typically this opportunity to come back together and yet not so far that my problems are your problems and your problems are my problems. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not enmeshed, but yet we're able to be interdependent and help one another. Ooh, do you need me to fix that or do you need me to just listen? Mm -hmm. You know, those kind of things, that's that closeness. But then on the other end, so I, I say all that in a process of being able to recognize that from my perspective, divorce tends to go outside that boundary where I'm just going to go into isolation because that's the only option I have left. Mm. Or I'm going to lean towards this other person who understands me and meets these needs and accepts me just the way I am, mm. you know, because because they're willing to accept my problems. My spouse isn't necessarily they just say, well, you're you're making excuses. Yeah. But this other person. And so I recognize when we step outside of those boundaries, we are far more likely to head towards divorce just based on that isolation or, you know, having quote unquote needs met outside of relationship mm -hmm. because I don't, it's, it's difficult. It's getting to a point where it's difficult to turn back to relationship. So turn back towards my spouse. So I tend to turn towards other things or other people. Yeah. Like you're saying, like you said with Jesus, that well, mm -hmm. that thirst. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I can recognize that, I mean, in, in my own life, my, my well might be striving, mm -hmm. you know, I work harder, I work harder, I work harder, but I need to recognize no, you know, five minutes with, with God and prayer can do far more than five hours on my own, Yeah, you know, but I don't always think that way. Yeah.
and I'm not trying to confuse it, but I think, you know, that, that well, that empty well, or that well that we go to that we think is going to offer us, you know, satisfaction. It, it doesn't. Yeah. And we're, Mm. and in that way, we're no different than the, you know, the Samaritan woman when Mm. we have those other wells. And I think it, at times that can be the beginning of the end, as far as relationship, you know, that leads towards that divorce Mm -hmm. when we're dealing with issues of comfort, Mm -hmm. because I think some of that comes back to, I've just learned to be uncomfortable in this relationship. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, so often, um, even, even as affairs can happen, you know, in my mind, I've said all I can say, the only way that I know how to say it, and it still hasn't created this change that I'm looking for. I've done everything I can, essentially, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, obviously adding another person into the mix, in other words, an affair or someone, you know, like even if if it's not a full-blown affair, someone that's able to provide for you some of the needs that you have that you're longing for in your marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just complicates it to the nth degree, right? Sure. And, um, you know, it, dealing with the or advising for or against divorce or however that looks like becomes almost impossible with mm. that in the picture. Sure. And so it's kind of like, let's not even go there in terms of, <laughs> Yeah, how to counsel that, but or, or think about that, or, or you know, yeah, how, yeah, how to address that? Because I think the number one step there is well, you ha- get that thing out of the picture first, because sure. until it's out of the picture, the clouding will continue. Yeah, and the kind of the the faux version of reality that you see there is sure. going to continue to draw tug at you and say this is what it could be like yeah when the reality is like you said second divorces look a lot like you know second marriages look a lot like the first one because i go with it you know sure i go to the next relationship and if i didn't resolve some of my personal issues in the first Mm -hmm. one well i'm gonna be left to resolve them in the second one well you know or the third one or you know (laughs) yeah never or the fourth one or yeah you know and um like like you're saying ultimately there are some person some struggles that we have individually that we're going to bring into every relationship. And until we address those divorce is going to look like the appealing option because it's, it's about them, right? It's always another, yeah. yeah. The blame. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I, the other thing too about divorce I've realized is that it's so much, it's very easy for us to do the forgiveness versus permission thing. You know, it's easier to ask for forgiveness Mm. and permission uh, on the other side of that, not being the person getting divorced, but being, you know, on the, it's so easy for me personally to offer grace to those who have been divorced because mm. it's in the past. It's like that decision is done. Mm. I don't have to think about that, you know, or like advise for that or not, none of that. All I need to do is just walk with that person in their current reality and sure. show grace like we're yeah. supposed to. So that becomes easy, and I, I have no problem with that. I don't have any problem with people divorce. I, I We have a lot of friends who are divorced and mm-hmm. remarried and all that. And, um, yeah, I just see how God's grace is so real in their life just as much mm-hmm. as mine, you know. And But really, it just comes down to someone's in the middle of it and, you know, in, in the situations where it's like, you know, 
feels like divorce is the right option here. It's so mm. hard. And I don't know if this is right and I don't know if this is wrong and I don't know where the line is to say, mm. yes, that looks like something that is unhealthy and you need to leave that. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. it never quite feels right to say that. Sure. And I guess I'd love to get your take on that, Mark. Um, and a little context for the listener, which you probably already know, which is Mark and Chris are some of the biggest advocates for marriage that mm-hmm. I know. You know, they're doing marriage on the rock like every other <laughs> week, basically. Right now, they're in a like leading uh, 50 some people or something through this program, right? Like, and you guys do this on a regular basis. And Mark is a marriage and family therapist. And like, and so they are some of the biggest advocates for marriage that I know. And yet, I also know that, you know, Mark, you've dealt with a lot of people going through this struggle and working through that. And I just, I want to know. Is there a line, Mark, that you found, mm. or is there no line? Mm. And it's like, at, I guess maybe to bury the lead, or whatever. Is, you mentioned walking with that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that? Is you know, when do you get to that tipping point? Have you gotten to that tipping point? How do you wrestle with that personally? Mm. Huh. Yeah, that's a, those are those are a bunch of questions. These there. are the polarizing <laughs> hard stuff. Um. <laughs> For me personally, um, as I'm going to start from the back, the last question towards okay. the front, where is that? Well, no, the first one was like, where is that line for me? And then the last was kind of the tipping point as far as that goes. Um, for me personally, um, I believe there is always hope. Okay. And what here, here's, here's where I draw that line. Cause I'm I'm blessed in some ways by the ability to be a quote unquote professional. Okay. So some of those lines, some of that walking through with people is a line that they choose. Okay. So when a couple basically says, okay, we're going to stop coming for therapy. Okay. That's a line that I have no choice over. And that's, and that's okay. It's not preferential, but it is okay with me because people have recognized, okay, this either to their perspective isn't helpful any longer, or we've made up our mind and we're going in a different direction. And I don't have any control over that. You know, if people want to continue to work with me, And they're recognizing that, yes, this is helping and this is, and we're open to this and transformation is occurring. Then I'm, then I'm there. I'm in. So you, does that make sense? Sometimes that line is drawn for me by the individuals I work with. But if a couple, okay. And here's, here's where it comes back to for me personally, I believe there is always hope and hope is an anchor. You know, to where there is hope for the individual whose whose spouse, there is hope. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. There is hope for that individual to be able to overcome addiction. Okay. Now, granted, are we get? And I think where where people get it confused, and from my perspective, is hope just means I'm going to keep doing what I've always done, and something is going to change. Okay, that's not always what hope looks like. 
hope can sometimes be, no, I'm going to separate from this because it's reactive and it's unhealthy, you know, from, for my kids, somebody may get hurt. Okay. Now, when I speak of hurt, I'm talking more often, you know, a physical dynamic of abuse. Okay. And that's not to say that that person pulling away and establishing a healthy boundary that says, no, I'm not subjecting myself and I'm not subjecting our children to abuse. Okay. Now, does that mean the person that's being separated from isn't going to experience some hurt? No, it doesn't. They're going to, they're going to experience a different hurt, but that I I'll call it pain. If you will, you know, I believe is part of God's ability to have a disciplinary process. Mm -hmm. You follow me? Yeah. That, and so that's, that's to where, from my perspective, personally, I just, I just am that hopeful. Uh, there, there used to be a, um, um, a theory or an operation. It was all hope focused marriage counseling, you know, and I just, I just believe that's where my heart is that there's hope when I'm willing to recognize that what I do, and it's not about always blaming. Okay. I'm willing to recognize there's some things that I do that contribute to, you know, this dynamic. And I would even say, even in marriage, quite often, there are things that spouses do that contribute to not that it's their fault, but it is, there is this word enabling for a reason. Because sometimes, you know, I recognize you have an addiction and I don't want you getting mad at me. So I'll buy whatever you want to keep you from getting mad at me. You follow me? And it, and it promotes that cycle. So, yes, there may be a need where you have to deal with that codependency on your part and say, no, in order for you to get healthy, I need to go step back. I need to get myself healthy. In such a way that says, okay, if you get mad, that's okay. And I'm okay with you getting mad. But if you getting mad, if I can't handle, or if I'm overwhelmed or, you know, motivated by the fact that you might get angry, therefore I'm contributing, then I'm, I'm culpable. Mm -hmm. You follow me in I that, do, yeah. in that. So that's, that's kind of, so that. So the fact that there is an opportunity for change, you know, and then yes, if a person, I think there is a point where if a person just continues to choose, you know, their addictive lifestyle, you know, after we've entered into this separation, then yeah, I, I believe, you know, that becomes problematic. You know, is that not to say that that person, but I, I have known people, you know, who have basically tried that for years, you know, and it didn't work out and, you know, they've gone on to marry other people and, you know, that, but typically once it gets to that point, people quit seeing me. Yeah. So take off therapist hat, yep. Mark, you know, and <laughs> approach it from, you know, a personal dynamic of, I mean, I, I think at some point it does become too close, and we talked about that already, right? Sure. But um, 
yeah, let's assume it's someone that you know and you love and they're asking for your counsel on a personal from a personal aspect as your friend, as your whatever. Right. And they're they're not walking away, you know, like Yeah. Again, I just want to know, Mark. You want a line. Where's that line? Yeah. Is there a line? Is it just I guess I have an assumption of what kind of what your thoughts are what you so, know but so maybe I, I need to ask it. maybe I need to ask this Justin where is your line <laughs> all right Here, here's my thoughts yeah so I, I I've had some different situations where we've counseled people struggling in marriage or whatever uh-huh. and one of the most recent ones was a guy that I met with for quite a while and um the thing with this situation was there was a lot of stuff in the relationship that were because of his own hurts habits and hangups, right? Sure. And, you know, he was doing Celebrate Cover. He was working through this stuff and really came to a place of, you know, victory mm-hmm. for over these things, um, you know, to a, a large degree. Sure. To where I looked at him and go, you're a pretty normal husband now. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, and now, and now you just have the normal flaws. <laughs> sure. But also you're just, all you're the still baggage. human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also all the baggage, right? Sure. So uh, that, that came with the 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 previous addictions and stuff and um in resulting pains that came with that you know mm-hmm. um and the marriage just kept feeling um helpless like like hopeless probably okay. where mm-hmm. the wife would only stay with him because she, she didn't know why really and kept okay. saying i don't know if i want to be with you and mm-hmm. it just really felt hopeless but and so he would come in kind of you know, we would get together and he, he would be very despairing mm-hmm. often. And I'm like, I don't blame you, man. Oof, that's mm-hmm. hard. I said, there might be a day where it's time. But mm. based on this, this and this, I don't think today is that day. Sure. And it was kind of like that was how the conversation went until we stopped meeting, you know. Mm-hmm. And it never got to the point where I had to say, you know, where I felt like, yeah, it's pretty clear, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at is like, I don't know where my line is. I think where for you me, had a, to say what there never got to a where, point where, where I would had. advise. Yeah. It's probably time. It's, okay. it's the health dynamic has tipped sure. to where, mm-hmm. you know, you, your family, it would all likely be more healthy if you, if you, you know, mm-hmm. divorced or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one very specific scenario, but I guess that's kind of where, where I see it is where there it's kind of like kicking the can down the road until mm-hmm. you can't anymore. Sure. You know, it's yeah. kind of my perspective. So is there a line? Not really. I think it's just, you <laughs> just keep kicking until you can't anymore. And then, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's too hard of a question for me yeah. to, to give it a line. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And that's, and that's where I come back to. It's going to come down to an individual dynamic. Yeah. Number one, for me personally or professionally, I'm not going to make that choice for someone. Yeah. Cause right. it, and this, this is, this has happened to me more times mm-hmm. than, and I, I respect the, Yeah. It's respect. I respect the fact that I have a passion, but I'm no better at this than any other professional out there. And what the reason I say that is, is because I think sometimes in our professional dynamic, and I've had this happen in my office, you know, a couple who's been married for 15 years, you know, or 20 years, uh, you know, they'll come to me and say, well, we went for counseling 10 years ago. 
you know, and that therapist at that time told me that I should just go ahead and separate from it. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to make that decision for somebody, let alone tell them that, you know, I believe that's something that they have to wrestle with, you know, or am I, am I willing to walk with them in that and entertain and bring everybody together? Sure. And yet there's that part of me that says, okay, you're back to see someone now, 10 years later, what's going on right now? Yeah. What's, what's the circumstantial dynamic that creates this stress, this pressure, this, you know, opportunity to where, when we get to this level, we recognize we need help and we start thinking about separating. You follow me? Because realistically, we've had these 10 years and it, and this happens a lot, you know, five years, yeah. 10 years, you know, it's like, well, how, how was this possible? You know, that yes, 10 years ago, you were thinking about separating and then we've had this window because evidently it hasn't been just terrible all along. You follow me? We're at this, we've, we've, we've come, we've, you know, we've, we're in this deep, we're in this valley moment now yeah. that we're considering and we're, you know, stress levels are high. So that, that's kind of where I draw that perspective from. And then that's where I come back to, okay, well, what, what is it that keeps you in this relationship? What is it about him? What is it about her hmm. that attracted you to that person? And I think so often it is about that ability to reshift, you know, from a negative focus to a positive focus as far as well, like we talk about here, you know, we can look at the facets of an individual and label them. Okay. Based on those negative facets, if you will, or those in our, what we do here, the similar facets. And so therefore they are blank, but yet there's so many other facets of an individual that we either choose not to see or that are very similar to us. And therefore they don't matter as much. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, in that process, so, so coming back to your question about the line, I think for me, there isn't a specific line. There's a general line that is able to identify, okay, healthy boundaries, like, and, and granted boundaries, boundaries aren't boundaries are, are fuzzy lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You follow me? Yeah. Because, you know, so yeah, there is a there is a there is a crossing over and my spouse kind of gets to define that. But what looks like crossing a line for you in your relationship is going to be different than somebody else in their relationship. And you know, and so often I as as you were talking about that couple um and here again, I don't, I mean, I don't know either individual. I just want to put that out there. But I think so often, you know, in that process of transformation, you know, resentment comes into play, Yeah. you know, yeah. where, you know, I've, I've dealt with this so long or, you know, this has been going on for 12 years and now you've become a, a good husband yeah. And now what am I supposed to do with that? Why yeah. couldn't you have done this five years ago? Yeah. 
you know, that kind of thing and being, and I here again, I don't know these people, but you know, I can understand how that kind of resentment Mm -hmm. can come into play. And yet I also recognize depending on Mm. a spiritual relationship with God, I can overcome that resentment. Mm. Yeah. There's even resentment can surface once you see someone start to heal and and quite often. Yeah. Because it's like, Wait a second. You're saying I could have had this my whole life? <laughs> yes. Why, where was this yeah. five years ago? Yeah. And so then it can just be, that can be the shocking pull you out of denial on the, the other side to be able sure. to, like, well, crap, it really was bad. And now all of the anger that was suppressed through you yeah. know, coping mechanisms is starting to see, seep out everywhere. And, and the other spouse is left going, but, but. But I'm better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'm doing the good stuff. You yeah. Know? And it's like, well, why bother? <laughs> yeah. At that point, that person yeah. says, why bother? Yeah. And yeah. And, and we can see how those cycles yep. can be created. Yeah. And it's, and the, the interest, here's the other part of that. It's, um, there's, this, there is this dynamic called homeostasis hmm. to where, when I, des- when I do change quite often, my system resists me out of a desire to maintain homeostasis, yeah. maintain what status quo. status quo. Yeah. And so, yes, the, what you're, what yeah. you're describing is, is part of systems to where, yeah, the system yeah. will fight. And the system needs to be change. reset, right? Yes. Like that equilibrium needs to shift. The homeostasis needs to shift. Yes. And, but that's, you know, that's, that's hard. Yes. Yeah. And that's where both people have to actually relearn yeah. some of these cycle dynamics that have taken, not taken, but have been established over time. Yeah. And you do this and I do this. So when I'm trying to relearn, yes. you have to relearn at the same time. Yeah, it's so hard. And yeah. the other the physics term that comes to mind is inertia, right? Like oh, when sure. something starts spinning and you stop, you try and stop. The thing Mm. that started it, it's like, but the inertia keeps the movement going and you're fighting that, you know? Sure. So, you know, you may have stopped the behavior that was spinning the top, but the top keeps spinning. And it's like, wait wait a second, but I'm not Mm. doing it anymore. Yeah, there's inertia there. That's that homeostasis you're talking about where the system's already set in place. Yep. It takes a long time for a top to stop, right? Sure. And that's where I'll run into it, you know, with, with people, it's like, okay, it's been years that we've been living with this cycle dynamic Mm -hmm. and we just want it fixed now. So it should only take like five sessions and we can, you know, it's like, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, we're not going to, you know, it's been five years to establish this. We're not going to stop it in five minutes type stuff. And I think that can be a, you know, it's expectation. So I, and I guess that's, as I, as I think about our topic of divorce, I know we've kind of made it about boundaries, but I, I, I want to put that, I want to offer that hope to people. And as I think about that, I can think what, I guess what it comes back to, to me, and I guess part of my passion is when I think about it, divorce tends to be very isolating and what I enjoy about the group dynamics, well, even CR, but what I enjoy about the group dynamics of, you know, the classes we do, it's like, I'm able to sit in that room with other people and hear, Oh my goodness, you deal with that too. You'll experience that in your relationship too. And 
from my perspective, divorce, you know, is that dynamic that leads to isolation where I can't, in some ways I can't talk with you, you know, in a, in a relationship dynamic. So I, I may talk with a few other people. Some of those people may just be encouraging me to separate, you know, and I don't necessarily have people who are giving me that advice that would basically say, well, help me understand how you're contributing to this, Yeah, you know, and, and yet, really challenging that. And I think support is, is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Healthy support yes. is yeah. very helpful in avoiding mm-hmm. some of those pitfalls that lead to divorce. Yeah. And yet I think a lot of people, I, and I admire people who are able to say, yeah, I want to get it right this time. Mm-hmm. Cause I've experienced that hurt mm-hmm. and I see how it's affected, you know, my spouse, I see how it's affecting our children, you know, and I want to get it right this time. And I, I just admire people who are able to say, okay, yeah, that's what I did. And that's how I contribute. And I want to change that in me because I realize if I could have dealt with that, maybe a while back, it could have changed things for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. You had the thought there in that process. No, I just, I'm just, I can't help but keep thinking about that person who, there's always hope, right? Mm. I agree with you on that. Mm. But there's also that person who's just dead tired. And yep. due to the dysfunction in their relationship, yep. they are wiped out. And you say, all you have to do is get back up and run a mile. <laughs> it's I hear like, you. No, you don't understand. <laughs> no, I got gotcha. you. You know, and I, I just have, my mind keeps coming back to that. And I'm, I guess just, you know, I just feel that compassion for that person is like, it's going to be work. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to learn some new skills. You're going to, you know, mm-hmm. basically you have to go to boot camp, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I just feel like I got done mm-hmm. running a marathon with a broken leg in the rain you know, mm-hmm. just beat up, beat down. And I don't, when you say more work, it makes me want mm-hmm. to just give up. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the part that's so hard. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you, but, but I, I also believe there's always hope. And I believe that the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit can infuse them with what they need. And I believe that we, people around them can be the ones to help them to stand up and kind of put our arm around their shoulder, help them limp across the finish line. Right. Sure. I believe that there's opportunities there, but I just want to recognize that it's not as simple as, well, you just got to do some work and you got to do some changes. And part of this is your fault. And I agree. Yeah. And, and I, and I appreciate what you share um, because I want to, I want to recognize there's a tremendous difference between hope and optimism, Mm -hmm. hope and expectation. You follow me? And, um, I I apologize. Uh, the, 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 the part that's coming to mind is that it wasn't seven habits. I think it was it seven. No, it's the red. I can picture the book. It's got a red cover on it. Highly habit of successful people. Seven habits of highly effective. No, people. that's Stephen Covey. Yeah. What's the 
the Collins is his name. Ted. Oh. Either way, it was it was one of those business books. Yeah, the the bus one. Nope, not the bus one. But either way, it talked about and is this is what it's 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 yeah the Collins book that's read, guys. Yeah, that one. Um, he talks about uh, a POW camp and the individual in the camp, the the kind of the leader that survived that camp, um, basically said, you know, forget about optimism. He says, because here's what happens. He says, when you have the idea, you know, you can maintain optimism for about so long. But when Christmas comes, if your hope was that when Christmas comes, we'll be out. He said, at that point, mm-hmm. when Christmas comes, I can, uh, you're, you will be defeated and therefore mm-hmm. you will die. Yeah. Your optimism, optimism swings to the other side. Yes, because yeah. I missed uh, my expectation was that it would happen by here. You follow me? Or, you know, and, and I, I apologize because it's so vivid in my it's mind. Good to great. Yes. Yes. Who wrote good to great? Well, I think Colin, because that's what. Yes, it's good my, to great. I'll look it up. It's good to great. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, now, now there's other people that You're are. You're welcome, um, Linda. <laughs> but yes, good to great in that process. And um, you get, it's in that book. And yeah. like you say, I know it's highlighted in my Definitely copy. Definitely read. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I'm visual. That's, that's what, you know. But Jim Collins. Yes. Thank well you. Done. Between thank the you. two of us, we, we know that book. I don't think I've read it, but I remember when the church I'll, staff I'll, was. I will, I will uh, send that to you to be able to put it in if you would like to yeah. as, a, as a link, you know, a page yeah. and copy type thing. Cool. But, but it was just really good. And I think so often we can get hope mixed up with optimism. Mm-hmm. And when those mm-hmm. times come, it's easy to lose my optimism and then I become bitter. Yeah. I think for me, I just want to convey some compassion there. It's, it's the main thing to just... I like, agree with you. If that this is your struggle, man, I feel I feel you. And it, I, I don't... It's just... I have no desire to just say, well, you just got to... Yeah. Meh, 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 and yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 by all means, I agree with you. Yeah. This is and not a polarizing issue where we're concerned. Yeah. Because yeah, I want I to recognize, yeah, it's not getting up and running a mile. And, and sometimes even just the next step can yeah. seem like a marathon. Yeah. I think about it very similar to how we've talked about depression. Mm-hmm. Because you're just telling me to, to move on and just do this, just do this yeah. and everything yeah. will change. And yet you don't understand. Yeah. And I think that's where yeah. it comes back to that ability to say, okay, yeah, I respect that's yeah. where you are. And mm-hmm. I'm willing to be your friend right here, yeah. right now, in the midst of this. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, you know, back to this specific person in this specific tr- struggle, too, that's one of the things, one of the primary tools in recovery for how mm-hmm. do I get through today? Like, how do mm-hmm. I get through this current wave of uh, desire, craving, like, to not go back to that substance or that, that sure. solution? And we always say it's one day at a time, one moment at a time, right? And ten minutes at a time. Exactly. So if that yeah. means, you know, stay there on the ground, take another breath. Sure. Just get through this moment. We're yeah. not asking you to get up right now. Yeah. You know, 
But you know as well as anyone else out here, like eventually you got to get up. Yeah. One way or another. But right now, take that moment, you know, get through this moment. Yeah. You know, and I think hope is better mm. when the future's left in the hands of a higher power. Sure. And we take on the present moment. And mm. that's where the hope lives. Mm. The Bible says we have enough grace mm. just for today. Sure. He's given us a very specific dose <laughs> for today. Sure. And sometimes we borrow, we take take from, we try, attempt to take from tomorrow's dose or we attempt to use today's dose to, to work through tomorrow, tomorrow's sure. problems. And guess what? The, the ration doesn't quite hold up in that scenario. Sure. Right? And I think that's the thing when they're in that situation. Because even if you're heading towards divorce, you know, even if that's the, the quote unquote solution to the mm-hmm. issue, you're not going to make that decision this minute. Yeah. Most often, right? Like, right. Um, so you got to, you know, I mean, obviously there's, there's always yeah. a moment where then that sometimes, decision, yeah, yeah, when yeah, we yeah, entertain yeah. that option, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we start thinking that way. But yes, yeah. yeah, so I'm hearing where you're coming from. Yeah, I guess I'm just saying it is about the moments. It is, especially yeah. in traumatic situations or in the case of recovery and addiction and in mm-hmm. those like those moments that are pulling at you so hard. Yeah. Can you get through this minute right. to then report on it? You know, okay, sure. you did it. Can you yeah. get through the next minute? Can you get, like you said, the next 10 minutes? Can we get to the end of the day? Sure. You know? And that's what that's about when you're just exhausted. You have nothing else you know, to do is, but can you, can you, can you sit there? Yeah. Can you rest? Can you get up and walk a few steps and sit back down? You know, that, that, that would be my, I guess, take on someone who's in that position is like, well, let's rest a little bit first before we yeah you know, yeah run the marathon out of this, whichever direction you go, it's going to yeah. be a, a marathon. Like that's the other thing to understand about Divorce mm-hmm. is often it's perceived as the easy way out. And you can interview literally anybody who's been divorced and they will tell you that was not an easy way out. Yeah. You know, I hear you. because it's hard. And, it, yeah. <laughs> and I, and as you're sharing, like I say, I want to offer compassion. And I think at times, you know, so often the individual that is just exhausted, um, has found themselves in the process of doing it all. You follow me in mm-hmm. that they, and they are exhausted. And my first, my first thing to them would be, okay, step back a little bit. You don't have to do it all. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it all in this relationship, you have to pull back even in some ways just to make room for someone else to help. Mm-hmm. You have to make a vacuum in some ways for that other individual to step in. And until you do, they're not going to, mm-hmm. there's no need. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you in that process of being able to say, yeah, it's okay to pull back. So yeah, I think I appreciate you bringing up the topic this morning, Justin. And like you say, I'm not, I don't necessarily feel that, uh, we, uh, dealt well with just that topic of divorce, but well, I, I, I appreciate the ability to talk about it in a polarizing way that hopefully offers encouragement. Mm-hmm for, you know, couples who are wrestling and I, with that, and I also hope that basically we've been able to convey a compassion 
for people who have experienced divorce and the ability to say, okay, yeah, what, you know, going forward, what does it look like for me to be a healthy individual in the next time? Yeah. Yeah. I think compassion, like you said, and and understanding that, man, I, I just, yeah, I wish that they didn't have to come out on the other side and then deal with not only the struggles of a new life, but also defending yeah. that choice. And it's like, but, but that's why it's a personal choice. Like you said, ultimately yeah. it's going to come down to your individual choice and the reality of, you know, what you're going to have to live with after that, What whatever that looks like, right? Sure. Including the, did I do the wrong thing and defending it and all that. It's like, but at the same time, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And yes. let's move forward and use what's behind us to propel us forward. And yeah, you know, and that's pretty much how I see it. And that's how I see it. Hey, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like how I see it, please do all the things that podcasts tell you to do. Subscribe, rate, review, follow us, uh, and or talk nicely about us on social media. If you want to reach out, the email is us at howiseeit.click. Yep, I said dot click, as in dot C-L-I-C-K. Please tell your friends about this show, and we'll see you on the next one.